Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to the Sports Gamble Ramble. This is episode number 61. We are here We are breaking down the big game, the Super Bowl. Uh, You guys have not heard from me in the past two weeks or so since uh, Conference Championship Sunday. Obviously, a lot has happened. Um, I'm not really going to focus too much on, you know, narration, storylines, as I have done in the past. Really, what I'm most excited about for the Super Bowl is the prop betting opportunities. Uh, the Super Bowl, for those of you who maybe this is your first time betting on it, you know, there are a ton of extra um, betting opportunities, a lot of extra props available for this game. You can bet this game much more in depth than any other sporting event of the entire year. Um, there's an estimated $7.6 billion being gambled on this football game this Sunday worldwide. Um, so, it's a huge money grab here. This is the big one. I don't need to tell you guys. So I'm going to be focusing more on props and breaking down some of the more specific ways to attack this game rather than just talking about the spread and these two football teams the entire time. I will start by breaking down a little bit of spread and over-under info, give you my general overviews. But I'm going to give you guys over 30 props on this episode alone. And I'm going to do another episode on exotic props, breaking down. I think I've got 10 or 12 um, kind of more off the wall, you know, out of the box, crazy props, you know, Gatorade, Bath, Halftime Show, National Anthem, things like that. So let's talk about it here. We got the Rams and the Bengals. For you guys who have listened to me recently, I have picked against this Bengals team every week throughout the playoffs. And obviously I've been wrong leading up to this every week. I've had a pretty cold playoffs on the spreads. I'm not really that confident in this spread either. I'll give you guys my pick, but it's not my favorite. That's why, you know, we're looking at the game props here for the the general uh, focus. But we got the Rams and the Bengals. This Bengals team really coming out of nowhere. Joey Burrow, obviously, you know, he's America's boy right now. Everybody loves him. I'm not going to be hating on the Bengals for this entire episode, but I've got to say this. This team is so fucking lucky to even be here right now. They're a good team. I've had massive take lock on this team, and I'm starting to get to the point where I'm I'm trying to get over that take lock. Um, I have doubted this team consistently uh, throughout the season and throughout the playoffs. Clearly, they're in the Super Bowl, so I was fucking up there, but... Um, This is a good football team, but they have gotten so lucky to get to this point. The Raiders not only got screwed by the refs, but almost won that game regardless, or at least almost forced overtime. Um, The Titans shot themselves in the foot repeatedly with bad play calling by Vrabel, bad situational uh, decision-making, and Ryan Tannehill just giving the ball to the Bengals three times in crucial situations in that game. Um, Yeah, the Bengals 
you know, they came up with the turnovers, but Tannehill served them to them on a platter. And then, you know, the Chiefs absolutely blew that game. There's no reason for the Bengals to have won that football game. The Chiefs had the ball second and goal from the four-yard line. Bengals had no times out left, and they decided to call two straight pass plays, take two straight sacks, lose about 30 yards, almost drive themselves out of field goal range just because Andy Reid doesn't like to call run plays in obvious run situations. And then the Bengals went and called, or the uh, Mahomeses went and called three straight pass plays in overtime, didn't even give themselves a chance, um, just completely abandoned the run game and shot themselves in the foot there. So, look, Bengals, congratulations. I'm sure you fans, you know, any Bengals fans out there, you're really excited. I actually think they do have a shot to win this game. I'm not saying that the Rams are just going to walk away with this like I have over the last month with this Bengals team, but they're fucking lucky to be here. Let's not lie. And the, the Joe Burrow hype has gotten out of fucking control. I like Joe Burrow. I really do. I loved him coming out of LSU. I loved that whole national championship season, his story. He's clearly got the intangibles. He's a great leader, fantastic leader. If there's one thing that I can definitely say about Burrow, he's a great leader. As far as on the field, to be honest, not that impressive so far in the playoffs. He has gotten bailed out, like I said, with turnover help from the other teams throughout this playoffs. The Bengals are only putting up what, 25 points a game? It's not like they're an offensive powerhouse right now, regardless of how much everybody wants to talk about the offensive firepower and the weaponry there. Burrow, people want to put him into the Hall of Fame already. They're already fitting this guy for a gold jacket, calling him the next Tom Brady. He's got like 250 passing yards and like one and a half touchdowns a game throughout the playoffs. He's taken 12 sacks in three games, including nine against the goddamn Titans. I'm sorry, he's not doing anything special, guys. This Bengals team is doing something special, but Burrow isn't. Burrow is not putting this team on his back like we've seen other superstar quarterbacks done in the past. Even Joe Flacco, who's not a superstar, had one of the greatest playoff runs individually, statistically, for a quarterback in NFL history. Joe Burrow is doing nothing close to that, guys. So can we calm down? It is amazing that they took this guy number one overall, and two years later they're here in the Super Bowl. It is absolutely amazing, and I give him a ton of credit from being the right guy to come into that franchise and turn things around mentally, intangibly, intangibly from a leadership standpoint. Guys, he's a good quarterback. He is not a guy that we need to be fitting for a gold jacket in his second year. Calm the fuck down. All right, now that we got that out of the way, I'm leaning towards Bengals plus four with the pick here, guys. Um, as funny as that is after that long rant, you know, like I said, I'm trying to get over the take lock. Four is a tough spread to cover in a Super Bowl. Usually these games are close. We've actually seen the underdog have a lot of success specifically recently in the Super Bowl. As we look at the numbers over the last 14 Super Bowls, underdogs are eight and six straight up winning the game. Uh, they are nine and five covering the spread. And as we look more specifically, over the last six times that an underdog has been of uh, three and a half points or more in the Super Bowl, they are six and oh against the spread, five and one straight up. Uh, going back throughout the last 15 cases where underdogs were getting at least three points in the Super Bowl, they are 12 and three straight up. Nine, excuse me, 12 and three against the spread, nine and six straight up. So that is nine out of 15 Moneyline winners with underdogs of three or more. Interesting stuff. I do think the Bengals have a little bit to um, the quote-unquote team of destiny angle here. 
It seems like they really believe in each other. They're so young and so inexperienced that it's almost a benefit to them that they have not, they're not battle scarred yet. They're not, um, you know, Matt Stafford's been through a lot of disappointment in his career so far while the Bengals, uh, you know, these guys are young and they haven't really experienced failure yet. So I think they're just super, super confident and they're not really afraid of the moment because, I, you know, I think Burrow, Jamar, all these guys, they're in their opinion, they're just getting started where Stafford, he's got a little bit more pressure on him going into this game in the fact that he's had to wait, what, 12 years to get to this point. And, you know, it's not guaranteed that he gets back. I'll go with the Bengals plus four. And I lean towards the under in this game. It's 48 and a half, and I'll lean under. I I see myself, if I'm going to bet one of these, I'll bet the under 48 and a half. I'm less confident in Bengals plus four. Could I see this being a world where, um, uh, you know, the kind of the buck stops for the Bengals here. Their offensive line can't handle the pass rush of uh, Donald and, and Miller and Lloyd and those, those beasts on Los Angeles. Maybe Ramsey shuts down. Jamar Chase, um, you know, Joe Burrow isn't able to, you know, pull a win out of his ass this time. Um, so it's possible. Like I said, I wish I could be more confident on spread or the money line. I'm not really here to give you guys a Super Bowl winner. I think everybody's pretty much got their own mind made up at this point. And you're all probably just rooting for the Bengals from the emotional side. Uh, but I do feel pretty confident in under 48 and a half. Uh, you guys know I've given out a ton of refereeing trends, been really paying attention to how these refs are calling games this season. The referee in the Super Bowl is Ron Torbert. Uh, in the 16 games that he has officiated this year, the under has hit in 11 of them. He averages roughly 43 points per game, five and a half less than the 48 and a half total. So my official picks here for the game are Bengals plus four and under 48 and a half. Do what you want with that information. That's pretty much going to wrap up my general overview kind of narrative game picks talks. I really want to get into these props because this is already going to be a long episode. I've already gone 10 minutes and we've got 32 props to talk about. So let's get into it. Um, most of these props are organized generally um in kind of chronological order okay so i've got a lot you know my first 10 or 12 props are all going to be stuff that's decided within the first five ten minutes of the game if not the first quarter um betting the super bowl you know at least how i look at it you want to spread your action out um you want to have some stuff on the opening kickoff you know the first drive the first quarter the first half in general and you want to also make sure that all your action isn't dead in the first half and you've got nothing to root for in the second half. So you want to make sure you have, you know, maybe some anytime touchdown scorers, some player prop over-unders that will keep you interested throughout the third and fourth quarter, regardless of game score. Um, and like I said, there's a ton of different props that you can get down. So really, you know, if you – if you're watching the Super Bowl and you don't have fun or, you know, if you are bored at some point in the Super Bowl, it's really your fault because there's so many options out here to bet. So, like I said, we're going to start things off, you know, early in the game script and we'll move on towards kind of some of the any times, the, the yardage props, things and that. But um, my first prop is on the opening kickoff. I told you guys we're betting this game from minute one to minute 60. 
the opening kickoff. Will it be a touchback? Yes or no? I've got no minus one thirty-five. Um, in general, in the Super Bowl, there are some system plays that I just bet every single year, and uh, if you just keep doing it consistently, consistently. Uh, more often than not, you're going to come out on top. This is one of them. This is an annual play, opening kickoff, not a touchback. In the history of the Super Bowl, there have only been six opening kickoff touchbacks out of 55 Super Bowls. Um, In the last 26 Super Bowls, only two touchbacks. Uh, There's multiple reasons for this. I will break this down for you guys. Um, First off... Uh, opening kickoff, cameras flashing, kicker, uh, blinded, distracted, maybe doesn't get the cleanest mark on the ball. Um, secondly, returner, uh, over anxious, gets the ball anywhere close to that, you know, goal line, two, three, four, five yards deep in the end zone. He's taking it out because he wants to start the Super Bowl with a big momentum play. He wants to rip off a 40 yard return and get his team all jacked up. That's how all these guys, It's a lot of times it ends up backfiring and they get tackled at the 15-yard line, and that's how you got to start. But anybody who gets his hands on the ball on that first play of the Super Bowl, he's going to want to take it out. Last point for this prop. Um, these, uh, these footballs that are used for the opening kickoff, not broken in. Um, what happens, uh, there's a different set of balls, K balls, kicker balls versus, uh, you know, game balls for quarterbacks and the offense. Um, the K balls, uh, I think these kickers and special teams units get about 30 minutes pregame to break these balls in to their liking, uh, with the, um, obviously the, uh, supervision of the referees. Uh, this opening kickoff ball does not get broken in. This ball comes fresh out of the package, goes right onto the tee, gets kicked. And then the ref takes it and they put it in a box and they ship it off to Canton and it goes to the Hall of Fame as the uh, official kickoff ball for Super Bowl 56. This ball will be used for one play in NFL history. It is this kickoff. It is a brand new ball and it is a lot harder to kick a brand new ball. That ball should not travel into the end zone. It should be uh, returned. So I know I just went four minutes on the opening kickoff, but um, this is one of my favorite bets of the entire Super Bowl. I do it every year. Odds are minus 135 for no touchback. Let's keep it going. We got to get faster on these. First score, Bengals field goal plus 275. Um, I think the Bengals will get the ball first. Whether they score on that first drive or it takes a little while, we'll see. I just know that this Bengals uh, team has a uh, strong field goal kicking unit. I think the Rams defense is tough, um, possibly a bend don't break situation. It's uh, Some of these are gut calls. Some of them ho- have more logic to it. But I am feeling Bengals field goal for the first score of the game at plus 275. Um, next, first drive result field goal plus 475. I just like the juice on this. You know, could it be a punt? Could it be a touchdown? Yeah, sure. I just think field goal, these two teams – um, kick a lot of field goals, and specifically throughout the first half, first quarter of games, these teams kick a lot of field goals. Again, it's just the number looked the best to me. I'm not betting all of these guys, but these are props that I feel, you know, maybe strongly about, confident in, or I just think that it's good value, good juice. Um, uh, you guys will be able to tell which ones I'm more confident in. Uh, let's keep it going. First offensive play run. I like this one. Minus 128, I found it at on FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Um, I think both these coaches, uh, first off, they come from the same coaching tree. I didn't mention that, but Zach Taylor is a uh, um, descendant of the Sean McVay coaching tree. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see this matchup. Uh, you know, obviously I'll give the edge to McVay there. Um, I think both these coaches believe in establishing the run while both offenses are, you know, driven more towards their passing, more through their passing game and their quarterbacks and their receivers. Um, both teams have capable running games, and I think both coaches believe in run balance. Uh, this is both quarterbacks' first Super Bowl. I just see that first play, just hand it off, give it to Mixon, give it to Sony, give it to Akers, whoever the running back is, and just get things started. You know, don't get too crazy. You know, just get the game going. So run play, first, uh, first offensive play, minus 128. Um, going back to the, you know, I, you can see I'm taking a lot of first quarter field goal props. I got another one. Will there be a field goal in the first 10 minutes of the game? Yes. Now, generally, I lean towards the under in the first quarter, and that's actually going to be my next bet first quarter under nine and a half points. Um, but, uh, you know, generally in this the Super Bowl, you, you see a lot of the first scores being field goals. And um I just think that both offenses might be a little bit more conservative in the first half opening into this game. And th things will open up as we get further into the game, halfway through the second quarter, you know, throughout the second half, they'll start taking some shots, shots and getting more aggressive. But early on, I don't see these coaches necessarily going for it on fourth downs. I think if they get anywhere near the red zone, they'll just take the points to start this game. Um, so first, first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. I think one of these offenses can get into field goal range for sure. Uh, like I said, first quarter under nine and a half, I'm just, I'm hoping that it's been, don't break, you know, maybe we get a three to three first quarter. Um, obviously we get a seven to three, uh, you know, a touchdown and a field goal bust this. Um, but I generally in Super Bowls would lean towards the slower start. And like I said, things opening up and getting more aggressive in the second half and towards halftime. Um, so a lot of these bets that I've given out already kind of correlated, right? Slow start, conservative play calling, get into the game, you know, get your feet under you and then we'll open things up later, but let's not make any mistakes early that are going to put us in bad position to have to come back. Um, going along with that logic field goals in the first half, I've got over one and a half first half field goals. This is both teams combined. We just need two field goals in the first half. These are made field goals, not attempted. So if we get a miss, maybe that hurts us. The odds are minus 150. I like this. I was looking at full game over three and a half field goals, but I like this one better because like I said, I think the conservative nature in the first half versus the aggressiveness in the second half, maybe in the second half, we see these teams going forward on fourth down in scoring position instead of kicking field goals. Um, just the way that the odds were shaded on this, you know, you have first half over one and a half minus 150, you have full game over three and a half plus 100. That alone was enough to send me a bit of a red flag in my gut where I will take the first half field goals rather than full game. So over one and a half first half field goals minus 150. Um, let's keep going with these first bets. I've got a shit ton of first bets. Um, Jamar Chase, first reception, under 11 and a half yards, minus 110. Now you guys are saying you must be crazy because Jamar Chase, it seems like every catch, he takes it for 25, 75 yards. You know, he's a, he's a guy that's capable of busting anything open. He can take a screen pass from two yards behind the line of scrimmage and bust it for an 80-yard touchdown. He's one of those guys. 
Um, I am going to take this as kind of a contrarian play. I think the guy gets a little too much hype. He's great. But uh, like I said, just public opinion, I'm usually fading it, especially in a Super Bowl. It's generally you know, more profitable to take unders than overs in Super Bowls. Um, Jamar is a guy that I see his first reception not so much being like an aggressive deep shot. I really think that they're going to want to get him involved early and they're going to want to just get in, get the ball into his hands quickly with maybe a slant or an, uh, like I said, a quick screen would make perfect sense here, in my opinion, as a you know, play call and game flow uh, perspective. So I, I like him to get a short catch and for them to try and, you know, want him to get, you know, a little yards after the catch. And it, it, with Jalen Ramsey covering him, I'm just going to trust uh, that in that situation, Ramsey can make a tackle and not give up a 12 yard gain. That to me is the angle on this bet. Um, so Jamar first catch under 11 and a half quick screen. Ramsey comes up and makes the tackle. That's the angle here. Um, first timeout called in the game. I've got the Rams here. Uh, the odds are minus one and 11, minus 111, basically a pick them. Um, main reason for this, the Rams, uh, have called the first timeout of the game in their last nine games. So yeah, I mean, McVay, this is his second Super Bowl. I think he knows what he's doing. He also doesn't seem to value timeouts much timeouts and draft picks. McVay could give two shits about, um, especially in the first half of games. Uh, so yeah, it just makes sense to me. This was kind of an easy one for me. Like I said, nine straight games, Rams have called the first time out. Um, a couple more first, first sack of the game. I'm taking Von Miller. His odds are plus 400. I think that's a really good value for a guy that is, um, already a Super Bowl MVP in his career. Uh, we saw how he got after Cam Newton in that Super Bowl. Um, he's got experience here. He's been an absolute tear throughout the playoffs and really since the midway point, you know, trade deadline getting moved over to LA, he's played very well. Um, I like attacking Von Miller's sack props and tackle props more than Aaron Donald in this spot, mainly because Donald is going to be getting double and triple teamed probably this whole game. And that's going to leave Von one-on-one on the outside. So while Aaron Donald gets a lot of the hype and recognition as he should uh, from a you know, taking a flyer here on player to get some sacks and even the first sack, I like the value on Miller more. So first sack of the game, Von Miller plus 400. Uh, This next one, this is another system play. I bet this every year in the Super Bowl. Uh, It doesn't hit every year, but it has profited consistently enough to put me in the green. Um, I take both quarterbacks first pass to be incomplete every year. This is not a parlay. This is taking each straight on its own. So Burrow, first pass incomplete, plus 175 odds. Stafford, uh, first pass incomplete, plus 170 odds. Uh, This being said, you only need to hit one of these to profit. If you go one and one on these, you're making money because they're both at plus 170 or better. Uh, You'd be surprised how often these hit in the Super Bowl specifically. Jitters. Big time play into this. Um, also, like I said, generally offenses start a little slow in the Super Bowl. That defense is usually coming out pretty jacked up. Um, yeah, I just this is a pretty easy one. I've had a lot of success within years past. It did not hit last year. Last year, Brady and Mahomes both completed their first pass. But I think since I've started this system, um, you know, five years ago, I think that's the only time that I've gone over two on it. Uh, 
I had a lot of fun uh, telling people the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl a few years ago. I had a lot of fun guaranteeing to people that Brady's first pass would be incomplete at plus 185 odds. And I got a lot of people leading up to that game telling me to go fuck myself. There's no way that Brady's first pass would be incomplete. Go watch the game. He, I'm pretty sure he, he grounded a quick screen two yards short of the receiver. Because even Brady sometimes, you know, jitters that first possession of the Super Bowl shit happens. Okay, let's move on. Uh, two more first quarter bets. Rams, first quarter field goal plus 215. Bengals, first quarter field goal plus 200. This is another situation where you only need one of these to hit and you will come out in the green, both going over two to one odds. Both these teams have a lot of success kicking field goals in the first quarter throughout this season. Both teams have strong kickers. Evan McPherson, if he hits three field goals, he breaks Vinatieri's single season uh, kicking record for field goals in a postseason. Uh, Matt Gay capable also. Um, I, I didn't write the numbers down, but the Rams have hit a first quarter field goal in a majority of their games this season. I think 12 out of 17 off the top of my head. So um, decide which one you like more or bet both. Whatever. I think they look good. Uh, next prop, first quarter touchdown. No, plus 250. So like I said, a lot of these bets are correlated, right? I'm Putting a lot of eggs in the field goals, not touchdowns, first quarter basket. But just, you know, plus 250 for there not to be a touchdown in the first quarter. I think it's very, very possible that we get a 3-0, 3-3 first quarter with these teams. And and the way that these defenses have been playing, I mean, these defenses, uh, the offenses are getting all the publicity. Both these teams have ridden their defenses throughout the playoffs. Uh, I guess with the exception of uh, that Rams-Bucks game, that was a bit of a shootout. But really, I mean, it's been the defenses for both these teams. Even Cincinnati, I know Burroughs, the hype man, that defense has really stepped it up throughout the playoffs. I've been more impressed with the Cincinnati defense than I have with Burrow. I told you guys the Burrow hype is too much. The team is winning, not just Burrow. Um, So with these two defenses, yeah, first quarter, no touchdown, plus 250. Pretty juicy, in my opinion. Um, this one, you know, kind of related to that. Uh, I've told you guys I think that this game starts slow and opens up later. So you can actually bet that, you know, very specifically by betting that the higher scoring half in the game would be the second half over the first half. Again, you're betting at you're betting that there will be more points scored in the second half than the first half. The odds are only minus 115. This is another one that I bet almost every year in the Super Bowl, and it wins consistently. Even in that 13-3 Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, there was more points scored in the second half. The only touchdown of the game occurred in the second half of that game, uh, giving me an easy casher. So this is an annual play. Second half, higher score, and then first half, minus 115. Now we're going to start getting into more of the player props here um yeah let's just jump into it no no i'm gonna take a pause i'm gonna take a pause here guys i'm gonna come back we're gonna do player props this is a good pausing point i have to take a halftime break so i'll be back in a second 
All right, I'm back. Let's get into some player props and some uh, overall game props for the Super Bowl. The first player prop I want to give out, um, I like OBJ to score a touchdown in this game. He's been scoring a, a very high rate. Um, he's been very efficient with not that many targets, uh, but been getting in the red zone a lot with the Rams since the trade. He's actually got more touchdowns with the Rams than he did in his entire time with the Cleveland Browns. I like him to get in the end zone. It's minus 120. If you want a little extra juice, I might take a shot at first half touchdown plus 300. Um, you know, maybe he gets his touchdown in the second half. Maybe he doesn't score at all. But I love that additional juice for calling a, maybe a second quarter touchdown to OBJ. I'm feeling it. It's kind of a gut call. Last year in the Super Bowl, I hit first half touchdown plus 350 on Antonio Brown. I look at this as a little bit of a similar situation. You know, Brady loved Antonio Brown on those short routes around the goal line. I think uh, OBJ is a guy they're going to want to get involved. They're going to want to let him make a couple plays. This is a big thing. This is a big deal for him too. getting to the Super Bowl finally. Uh, they'll give him a goal line fade or two, and he's been great on those. The timing with Stafford's been really good. First half touchdown, plus 300, getting a little juicy. Another anytime touchdown score, Sony Michelle, plus 240. Uh, Cam Akers is getting a lot of hype in this game. Um, I get it. He's a good player. He's looked pretty explosive. Sony Michelle out touched Cam or out snapped Cam Akers in the NFC championship at about a 60 to 40 ratio. Uh, Sony was in the game more. Um, so you're going to give me the running back for the Rams. That's on the field more to score a touchdown at plus 240 versus Cam Akers. At, I think uh, minus 115 anytime touchdown. I'll take Sony at better odds. Um, going into that, the Rams to have a rushing touchdown, minus 165. Just any player on the Rams to score a rushing touchdown. That could be Sony. That could be Akers. That could be Stafford on a QB sneak. That could be OBJ or Cup on an end around. It doesn't matter. Anytime rushing touchdown, Rams minus 165. Really like that. The Bengals anytime rush touchdown, also minus 165. But I... Definitely like the Rams side of that more. But if you like the Bengals, you know, same odds. Go ahead and bet that one. Maybe Mixon gets in. Maybe Joey Burr runs one in at the goal. Who knows? Uh, going into that, you know, I just talked about Mixon. I've got a Mixon prop here. I've got two, actually. Uh, Mixon over three and a half receptions. Now, it's minus 145. It's a little bit of juice, but I like this one a lot. Uh, Mixon has gone over three and a half receptions in four out of his last five games. And that includes two out of the three playoff games, uh, played for the Bengals. Um, he did not go, he had, uh, three receptions, I think in their first playoff game against the Raiders. Um, but, uh, in their game against the Titans, which if you guys remember Joe Burrow, nine sacks constantly under pressure, the strength of that Titans defense is the pass rushing unit, similar to this Rams defense. Uh, Joe Mixon had six receptions in that game because they were calling checkdowns and screens to get the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly and try to neutralize the pass rush. I see that uh, game plan applying here against the Rams defense. Uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller going to be in the backfield. How do you help Joe Burrow? Throw it to Mixon a couple of times. Over three and a half receptions, minus 145. Joe Mixon, uh, another prop. Player to have the longest rush of the game, Joe Mixon. Plus 200. 
Mixon, in my opinion, clearly best running back in this game, clearly most explosive running back in this game. He had a top five running back season this year. He's a dude. And Burrow gets all the credit for this offense, but Mixon is a big part of what they do. I kind of like his over 60 and a half rush yards too. I could see myself on that. It's not an official prop that I've written down for this episode, but there's a bonus for you guys. Um, Yeah, Mixon to have the longest rush. I mean, it's not out of question for him to bust open a 20, 30 yarder at some point in this game. And the fact that uh, Cam Akers and Sony Michelle are going to be splitting carries, that's just a numbers grab. Give me plus 200 on Mixon. I I like the value there. Another Bengals rushing prop. This time we're going under Joe Burrow, longest rush of the game, under eight and a half yards. Odds are minus 115. Joe Burrow had 49 rushing attempts this season. He had a run of nine or more yards on three of those. Three out of 49 rushes, he went for at least eight and a half, nine yards. Give me under eight and a half. It's a simple statistics play. Is there a part of this game where Burrow maybe has to run for his life and bust an epic 15, 20-yarder down the sideline and we see it on Super Bowl replays for the next 20 years? Absolutely possible. Anything's possible. That's why it's called gambling. I will take the 3 out of 49 chance that he does not have a 9-yard rush. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup, longest reception of the game, over 27 and a half yards. It's minus 140. I was not loving that juice when I saw it, but this is this was one of my more confident plays for the Super Bowl. So I guess if it's juiced out, I'll I'll lay the juice. I'll lay the minus 140. Cooper Cup, guys. You know, I know you know what a great season he's had. Historic shit absolutely unbelievable. We have to start looking at this guy as a top three receiver, maybe the best receiver in the entire fucking league. He is that good. His over-under for receptions in this Super Bowl is eight and a half. His over-under on yards is around 106. Uh, So for him to have a catch of 28 or more, if you're telling me the guy's going to have between you know eight nine ten catches in this game and over 100 yards odds are he might pop one off for 30 he's just so good he's open on every play this Bengals defense while they have stepped it up as a unit they have some strong safety play um they have a good slot corner mike hilton they have a good pass rush they don't really have any like lockdown corners that they're just going to be able to put on cup not that anyone can lock that guy down um i just uh yeah Cup, I think, has himself a day. It's up to the rest of this Rams offense to pick up the slack and do enough around him. But how do you stop this guy? Cup, uh, longest reception over 27 and a half. I like that one a lot. Another uh, receiving prop, we'll go back to the Bengals here. I like T. Higgins in this game quite a bit. Um, If there's a player on the Bengals offense that I will be targeting for props, it is Higgins. My logic Jamar Chase, as great as he is, clearly the number one receiver for this team, will have the attention of Jalen Ramsey on him. Ramsey's a fucking dog, guys. I just, you know, Jamar's probably going to make a few plays here and that he could have, you know, quite a game. Uh, He could bust open a couple of big, big explosive plays and put up some yardage. But I think there will be times in this game where, you know, he might just disappear. 
with Ramsey, you know, just fucking blanketing him. And Higgins is going to be that uh, – he's clearly the second pass-catching option in this offense. He's got great chemistry with Joe Burrow. He's been making plays down the entire second half of the season throughout the playoffs. He's a really talented receiver. His over-under for uh, receiving yards is 71.5 at minus 111 odds, and I will take over as, uh, like I said, number one corner going to be on chase the entire game. Give me Higgins to be able to exploit his matchup. Um, I'll give you another one related to that. I'm going out of order here on my notes, but that's okay. I like Higgins to have more receiving yards than OBJ at minus 147. Now, between these two, I'd rather probably just take him over 71 and a half yards at minus 111 because you're not laying nearly the juice. But I, I like this as well. Um, I talked about OBJ getting in the end zone, but it's not guaranteed how many targets or yards he gets. Higgins, like I said, I think has a great matchup here, uh, being the second option, you know, with Ramsey drawing coverage. Um, Higgins over under is 71 and a half. OBJ is 63 and a half. Take that for what you will. Higgins to finish with more yards than OBJ. I like that one. Let me circle back down here in my notes. Rams to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yes or no? Yes, minus 195. It's a little steep. I get it. Maybe you guys don't want to lay minus 200 on a bet. Uh, The Rams have scored a touchdown in 14 out of 20 games so far this season in the fourth quarter. The way that I see this game script, very often in the Super Bowl, how many times do we see a 0-0 fourth quarter? There's usually some fourth quarter drama in these games. Typically, you're going to need to continue to put points on the board. It's not going to be locked up. Like I said, 14 out of 20 games this season. They're scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter at a 70% mark. Uh, you're telling me that there's a, 70, there's a 70% chance of this happening, and it's only minus 195? Those numbers don't add up. That's a miscalculation in odds. Uh, although 195 is not fun to lay, this should be like minus 300. Give it to me. All right, next. Uh, This is kind of a fun one. Players to attempt a pass over two and a half plus 152. Now, you know, I like this one a lot more earlier in the week. As I come to think about it, there's probably not that many players on these teams that are are really a guy that's going to throw a pass. But OBJ is one, right? We've seen Odell throw passes for this Rams team, for the Browns, for the Giants. He is athletic enough to do it. And I kind of, part of me, this is really a bet on OBJ to throw a pass, I think, because realistically, there's not really any other players that I can think of off the top of my head that are going to do this. I don't know if Cooper Cup can throw. Um, But OBJ can, and he just threw a pass two weeks ago against the Cardinals in the wild card round. I just think it's possible. I think this is a fun one. We've seen a lot of coaches get creative in the Super Bowl with having trick plays, double passes, the Philly special. You know, Belichick for years was throwing quick screens to Edelman so that he could hit Amendola 50 yards down the field. We see a lot of creative play calling in the Super Bowl. So uh, it's two, both quarterbacks and then one non-quarterback to throw a pass. Also, I, I'm not hoping anybody gets injured, but if one of these QBs gets injured, you're in the money here. Because they got to bring in a backup QB at any point in this game to throw a pass. You're cashing that, plus 152. So that's a fun one, I think. Let's keep moving. We've got a few more here. 
Um, total sacks in the game. Now, earlier in the week, I saw this at over four and a half sacks, uh, minus 220. I'm now seeing it uh, moved up to over five and a half sacks at minus 120. I'm comfortable with either, I guess. I like the four and a half, but obviously it's more juice. But yeah, like five and a half, that's, I guess, three a team, six sacks in the game. Maybe Burrow takes four, Stafford takes two, something like that. My point is, at attacking this sack prop, neither one of these quarterbacks are extremely mobile. We've seen Burrow make guys miss. We've seen, seen Stafford make a couple of plays. But really, these are pocket passers. Neither offensive line is overwhelmingly great. The Rams' offensive line better. Bengals, really, the weakness of that entire team is their offensive line. It's been talked about all year. They're continuing to win in spite of it, but it is not a strong unit. And with this Rams pass rush, with Burrow's tendency, Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the regular season. He's the first quarterback to make it to a Super Bowl in NFL history after being the most sacked QB throughout the regular season. Um, give me the over on the sacks in this game. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, Leonard Floyd. They're going to get pressure after these guys, and these QBs are basically sitting ducks back there. Give me the sacks. Like it. A lot of pressure, a lot of defensive pressure in this one. Let's keep moving. I already gave out my Higgins over OBJ. Um, shortest touchdown of the game, under one and a half yards. Minus 150. Uh, we see this uh, hit very often. This is a very high rate of converting. All we need is a pass interference in the end zone, and the team gets put on the one-yard line. Or just a meticulous drive, uh, you know, quarterback sneak, uh, halfback over the pile, you know, fullback dive, tight end shovel pass, you know, goal line fade to the corner, OBJ in the second quarter for a plus 300 touchdown cash. You know, it's very easy to get a goal line touchdown. So I like the odds, minus 150 for shortest touchdown of the game under one and a half yards. Will there be a missed extra point? This is another fun one. Now, I was on yes, plus 285. At the end of the day, I probably won't bet this one. I looked into it. The no is minus 355. Um, I was on yes because you'd be surprised at the number of missed extra points that there are in the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's just jitters or extra cameras flashing like I talked about with the opening kickoff, what exactly it is. Um, but there are quite a few missed extra points. Uh, I think they're on a bit of a streak here, actually, currently. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I think at one point they had hit three or four in a row going from like 2017 to 2020. I don't know if there was a missed extra point last year, but it happens pretty regularly in the Super Bowl. The reason I'm less confident, I did look into it. These two kickers um, have only combined for one missed extra point all season. Matt Gay missed one. Evan McPherson has missed zero. So, yeah, it's uh, statistically not really in your favor. But the Super Bowl is kind of an outlier game. There's some extra energy charge in there. Maybe somebody hooks one. So, plus 285, it's just kind of a fun, juicy bet that if a kicker shanks one, you'll be really excited about. Let's keep going. We've got like four more here, guys, and then we'll wrap this episode up. I've got most sacks in the game. We're going back to Von Miller. This is at plus 200. Same logic for first sack. I just think Joe Burrow is susceptible to taking sacks. He doesn't really force a lot of errant throws. He's not afraid to take a sack and then come back and convert a third and 20 the next play rather than making a bad decision, turning it over, you know, 
doing some foolish shit. So I think he'll be under pressure with this Rams pass rush. I've said it a million times. Bengals don't have a good O-line. Aaron Donald getting double teamed the entire game leaves Von Miller open on the outside one-on-one against the Bengals offensive tackle. I like the odds for that. So a plus 200, give me the former Super Bowl MVP to have the most sacks in this game. Uh, Next up, the Bengals. Okay, number of Bengals players with a reception. That's what this prop is. Number of Bengals with a catch in the game. Over six and a half, minus 125. I like this one. like this one quite a bit. Just simply breaking it down, okay? Mixon, Uzama, Boyd, Chase, Higgins. That's five. Just the starting core playmakers, that's five. We only need two more players to catch a pass. Give one to the backup running back. Give one to the backup tight end. Give one to any receiver not named Chase, Boyd, or Higgins. You know, we only need two more outside of those guys. The chances are two more guys are going to get. I, I, I forget who the uh, backup running back is behind Mixon. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. He's been involved a little bit in the passing game. Uh, you know, Drew Sample could have a catch. I don't remember the other tight end's name. But, guys, I mean, I just listed five that are guaranteed to have a catch. We only need two more. Pretty easy stuff, in my opinion. Maybe Joe Burrow catches one. You know, maybe they give it to Jamar Chase to throw to Joe Burrow in the Philly special, and we get over two and a half pass attempts, and we get over six and a half bangle receptions. You know, maybe we hit them both on the same play for a Joe Burrow touchdown. Who knows? Let's keep rolling. We've got two more. Two more. That's it. Cam Akers under uh, under 64 and a half rush yards. I've heard a lot of people on this one. It's same logic that I had picking the Sony touchdown over the Acres touchdown. He's in a timeshare, and uh, Acres is a guy who fumbled twice in the fourth quarter to almost let Tom Brady and the Bucks steal that divisional matchup. Um, so the Rams, I mean, Acres almost cost them a trip to the NFC Championship game with his fumbles. I'm not sure if McVay is going to fully trust him with a workload to put this game away throughout the fourth quarter. I think it might be a little bit more Sony if it comes into a, you know, run dominant game script for the Rams later. So acres under 64 and a half. He just hasn't been going over 65 consistently. I like that one. And then last, we're going to end this episode with a punt prop because I know that's what you guys have been waiting for. I like any time touchback on a punt in this game, plus 240. Now, you can go into the individual punters. We've got Kevin Huber at plus 270, and we've got Johnny Hecker at plus 385 for a touchback on a punt. I don't like calling my shot on which punter it will be. To me, plus 240 anytime touchback on a punt is a much better value because you eliminate the 50-50 of getting the wrong punter. Um, And 240 compared to 270 for Huber, I mean, that's a steal. Um, Hecker is not a guy that touches it back consistently. You know, neither of these guys really do it a whole lot, but in the Super Bowl with these two coaches, I think, like I said, a little bit conservative, perhaps, especially early. I don't know if these coaches are necessarily going to be going for it on, you know, fourth and five from the 42 yard line, just outside of field goal range. I think those situations, these coaches being that this one is all for the marbles will be more likely to go ahead and take a punt with a short field rather than, 
kicking a 60-yard field goal or going for it on fourth and intermediate. I think that we might see some more conservative, you know, deeper into opposing territory punts here. So that puts these punters in a position to try and pin one inside the 10, maybe the five-yard line. All you need is one bounce to go your way, or you need some jacked-up special teamer that's never played in the Super Bowl before to be, you know, running down the field like a piss missile and, you know, touch the ball when he shouldn't be touching it, try to down it in the end zone and misplay the bounce, you know, get greedy, try to let the ball take an extra bounce down to the one yard line instead of downing it on the three takes a bad hop. Now you're cashing the touchback. So there's just a number of ways where this is possible that at plus two forty, I like that value. I do. So I think that's all the props that I have here as far as game props, player props, you know, actual football stuff. My next episode that I'm going to be recording, you know, less than five minutes after this one is going to be all on exotic props. I'm going to be giving you guys stuff on the coin toss, the national anthem, you know, the pregame flyover by the U.S. military, um, the halftime performances the MVP speech at the end of the game, we're going to cover a bunch of crazy stuff like that. So tune into that one, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. A lot of props here. I gave out over 32 props in this episode. Pick what you like. You know, pick how you think this game flow is going to play out. Have some fun with it. Get creative. You know, don't be afraid to be a mechanic here and look around and try and put together some correlated parlays with this stuff. You know, if you think that the outcome of one bet, you know, firmly correlates to the outcome of another bet, and you think if this is going to happen, then this will probably also happen, don't be afraid to kind of pair that stuff together and really build your value here. Um, God, this is so fun. Even though I'm not excited about the two teams that are playing in this Super Bowl, it's still the Super Bowl. We still get to talk about prop bets for an hour straight like it's still it's like a sports gambler's christmas so i'm not happy about the matchup like i said this Bengals team is so unbelievably fucking lucky to be here but you know what in four days when i'm recording the Bengals won the super bowl episode i i guess i really won't be able to say that anymore at the end of the day if you got a ring you got a ring we'll see i'm not calling it like i said i mean rams Bengals. it's a toss-up not that confident in the spread but we're diving into these props. So thank you for letting me uh, ramble on here as I always do, guys. Thank you for listening. I will come back at you with some exotic props. Enjoy the fucking Super Bowl. Only happens once a year, you know. Have a few beers. Have some wings. Chill out. Thanks again. I'll catch you guys on the exotic props episode. Ramble on.